Fear can hold you prisoner, hold you captive. I don't know if you've seen the film The Shawshank Redemption, but if you haven't, I recommend it to you. It's not a film for the uh, faint-hearted. But in The Shawshank Redemption prison, He's lost all hope, accepting that he will never see freedom again. But into that life and into that prison comes a character called Andy DeFrance, played by Tim Robbins. A prisoner who knows the importance of keeping hope alive. Andy's arrival in the prison sparks a renewed sense of possibility for Red. His life would never be the same. You see, hope is the vital foundation for all future plans and dreams. Without hope, there's no reason to believe that life can get better. Hopeful people never give up on their quest to improve life's circumstances. Don't like how it is? There's always tomorrow. Red's sense of possibility is rekindled just by hanging around his persistently constructive new friends. Thanks to Andy's proactive nature, the convicts get cold beer on a hot day, an expanded library collection, and the elimination of various prisoners who were predators who had previously had their way too many times. Who knows what new and interesting things can happen when Andy Hope is around? By the end of the film, Red's outlook has come completely around. Feeling the excitement of a life as yet unfilled, his final thoughts are these. I find I'm so excited. I can barely sit or hold a thought in my head. I think it's the excitement only a free man can feel. A free man at the start of a long journey whose conclusion is uncertain. I hope I can make it across the border. I hope I can see my friend and shake his hand. I hope the Pacific is as blue as it is in my dreams. I hope. Hope springs eternal. But what about us? What do we put our hope in? Or where do we put our hope? For many people, it's the hope of one day becoming rich. Of the numbers coming up on the lottery. The dream of having more than enough. That's where many people put their hope each week. Other people put their hope in, in people. Remember when uh, President Obama uh, first became president and there's like a, a hope that swept uh, across uh, the world at the first black president. Uh, other people put their hope in, uh, in other people and... Uh, and of course, uh, sometimes those hopes are, are smashed. Uh, some people even put uh, their hope in people like me. Vicars, priests, religious people. And again, sadly, sometimes those hopes don't live up to the expectation. But what does Isaiah say about hope? He says, but those who hope in the Lord. In many ways, Isaiah is a bit like that guy in the film Shawshank Redemption. He's offering hope to people in a hopeless situation. Another great uh, quote from the film Shawshank Redemption is when the character played by Morgan Freeman says, Hope is a dangerous thing in a place like this. 
Hope is a dangerous thing because in a prison, very few people have hope. Well, the prophet Isaiah is writing to the people of Israel during a time when they felt that their hopes had all gone. They were in exile. They were a long, long way from home. Isaiah even says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. These are a people who are losing or who have lost hope. And Isaiah reminds the people, What happens to the people who put their hope in the Lord? What happens to the people who put their hope in the Lord. The biblical concept of hope is completely different. It's not a mere expectation or a desire. We hope for things that have not yet happened, don't we? You're not hoping to get a seat this morning in church. You've already got one. You're hoping perhaps that the preacher won't go on too long because that's an uncertainty. We don't know yet, do we? Our hopes are hopes of things that have yet to become. The writer of the Hebrews makes the link between hope and faith when he says, Faith is being sure of what we hope for, and certain of what we do not see. And at the beginning of this new year, the challenge is to put our hope in the Lord. And this is what Isaiah says happens to those who hope in the Lord. I was thinking, I was wondering whether, because when I was looking on the internet, you know, for pictures and images, I noticed a lot of people get rid of the buts. And they just say, those who hope in the Lord, because in a sense it kind of reads better, doesn't it? But I left the buts in, because it seemed to me it reminds us of the context that Isaiah has just been talking about, a pretty hopeless situation, and he says, buts! And God has a big but. Those who hope in the Lord. This is what happens. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. I don't know about you, but there's times when I feel that I I need my strength renewing. There's times when I I feel like I'm almost running on empty. I don't know if you've noticed, but your car works a lot better when it's got petrol. And you know when it's getting near that empty, and it's getting near, near the empty gauge, and it's like chugging along, and you go along to the petrol station if you can afford it. It's a long time since I filled my car. Uh, it tends to be half a tag now. Uh, but you put that fuel in, and suddenly the car goes a lot better, doesn't it? And Isaiah says, those who hope in the Lord, they will renew their strength. They will renew their strengths. Life's heartbreaks and tragedies can uh, damage our hope, can't they? Our resilience, our endurance, our nerve. Life's challenges and disappointments and tragedies can bring us to our knees. When we turn to the Lord, Isaiah says, our hope, our strength will be renewed. And this is about energy. It's about energy to continue. It's about receiving from the Lord. It's about putting our hope in a place where we're not going to be disappointed. So at the beginning of this new year, if you're feeling a little bit weary, if you're feeling a little bit worn out, if you still... Uh, got the remnants of that uh, cold flu bug that was going around and you're feeling that you just need uh, to be renewed and re-strengthened, then the challenge is that we place our hope in God. We live in an uncertain world, don't we? 
Uh, who could have predicted in 2011 what was going to happen? All the different tragedies and diversities that took place in that year. And we don't know what's going to happen this year. We just don't know. Um, but we put our hope in something solid. In something that has stood the test of time. When we turn to the Lord, he gives us his strength. We gain new strength. And so as we sang in that song, uh, we wait on the Lord in the knowledge that he can renew our strength. So that's the first thing that Isaiah says. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. But there's more because God is great. He says those who hope in the Lord, they will soar on wings like eagles. They will soar on wings like eagles. I like that, don't you? Uh, the idea of soaring. Anybody wants? To, anybody fancy doing a bit of soaring? You no know, kids. Have you seen those kids running around the playground? Uh, you know, like they, they, they want to be a plane, don't they? Uh, or Superman? And uh, this idea of, of flying captivates us, doesn't it? The idea that that we could perhaps be able to fly. And Isaiah plants this picture, this image in our minds and in our hearts that those who hope in the Lord, they will soar on wings like eagles. To mount upon wings is to rise above difficulties. To fly above the midst and darkness of the earth into the clear sunshine of God's presence. When we experience the power of God reviving our hope during a trauma, heartache or loss, we understand better the idea of being lifted up on eagle's wings. The eagle is a, is a popular symbol in our world. You can find all sorts of images. While most birds are finding protection when the wind is blowing strongly, the eagle soars up high. The eagle faces the winds with wings spread out to let the air currents lift it upward. The eagle becomes a symbol of how to face adversity with courage and with hope. Do you want to strengthen your faith in God? Do you want the type of faith that lifts you up on an eagle? Join the storms of life. Then put your hope in the Lord. I don't know if you, but have you ever had one of those dreams when, you, when you're flying? Have you ever dreamt of flying? And I've, I've had dreams of flying and, and, and suddenly you feel like you're falling and you wake up in bed and, and you actually almost jump. You feel like you've actually uh, been f- flying. And as you find your way back to the bathroom, shaking off the night, you remember the weight you must bear. And it's not just the gravity that seems to be holding you down, but everything. For as your mind comes back online and you think about the things that lie behind and lie ahead, your shoulders visibly slump as if you're actually carrying something. Truth is, you are carrying something. There are burdens that bring their own gravity to life. Burdens that don't show up on bathroom scales, but you can still detect them. You can detect them in your face made weary by what is seen and what has been endured. You detect them in the eyes made sad by circumstances. Perhaps that's why adults don't think about flying as much as children do. You see, we carry a lot of cargo around with us. Too much cargo maybe to take off. If you are at all aware of what's going on in the world, you can't help but feel this. You watch the news. The world is a pretty grim place at the moment. And it doesn't seem like things are going to get any better. And it weighs us down. And so thoughts of flying, you say, nah, that's not possible. Life is too heavy. The daily trudge and burden of life bears us down. And yet, what does the text say? Those who hope in the Lord 
will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Let's not you lose that dream of being able to fly and soar. I came across, uh, I don't know if you've heard about uh, Larry Walters. This is uh, apparently a true story. <clears throat> That's a picture of him. And uh, Larry Walters, um, <clears throat> a 33 year old truck driver, uh, made the national news um, in Los Angeles. One day, out of uh, boredom, uh, Larry Walters decided he was going to buy some balloons and a tank of helium. And he figured, he figured out he was going to tie the balloons to his lawn chair, filling with them with helium. And floating up for an aerial view of the neighbourhood, he judged he'd get no higher than a hundred feet. But just in case, he took out his shotgun and loaded it. He planned to regulate his altitude by shooting out a couple of balloons. So Larry of Los Angeles went out and brought 45 big weather balloons, a huge tank of helium and some rope. First he secured his lawn chair, lawn chair to the ground and then he filled the balloons with helium one by one. He tied them to the lawn chair. Before lift off he went into the house and got a six pack of Pepsi, a couple of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and his BB gun. Then he went out and sat in his lawn chair. He instructed his neighbours to cut the rope, secure the chair and when he was ready he let go. But he didn't go to 100 feet, he went up to 11,000 feet. <coughs> Shot straight up in the air and the BB gun was useless. He was using both hands to hang onto the chair for his dear life. He zoomed straight into the landing pattern of LA airport. The pilot of an approaching Continental DC-10 reported that he'd just passed a man in a lawn chair and the control tower told him to report to the office immediately upon landing. Can you imagine being a passenger in that plane? Look out of the window, Mum, there's a man in a lawn chair. Eventually, he sent up a helicopter to rescue Larry, Larry Walters. And the airport was closed and aircraft diverted and landings and takeoffs were cancelled. When they finally got him down, he was surrounded by TV crews, the police, fire and rescue squads and plenty of curious people. It was a major event. Were you scared? asked one TV reporter. Not really, said Larry. Are you going to do it again? asked another reporter. No, said Larry. What in the world made you do it the first time? Larry Walters thought about it for a moment and said, Well, you can't just sit there. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that, uh, that you try and go, don't, don't go out and try that at home. But the idea that we might fly, that we might soar, it's something that we want to catch a hold of. And this is about elevation. It's about being lifted up out of the circumstances. About soaring with God. But of course, um, I don't know if you've, uh, you, you've ever uh, watched any of these nature programs about eagles. And have, you, have you seen how they teach their eaglets to fly? Uh, the mother eagle uh, apparently uh, pushes uh, the young eagle out of the nest and uh, just lets it fall. And uh, just before it hits the ground, it swoops down and catches it. And then takes it back up to the nest and pushes it out again. And swoops down and catches it until eventually the eagle learns to fly. That's how they do it. It's not cruel, because it catches it. <clears throat> as, I, as, I, as I read that bit of information, I thought, 
maybe that's what I need to do with one or two parishioners. <laughs> Just take them up onto the balcony and, uh, and push them off and <clears throat> run downstairs and catch them, take them back up again. Uh, because we can't just sit here. Uh, we've got to get out of our seats. And Isaiah reminds us uh, that those in hope in the Lord will soar on wings like eagles. In other words, God will take us to places where we never imagined we could go. We can soar. And when the eagle soars, what he does is he, he, he's looking for those currents, isn't he? They fly high in the air. And then when they find the currents... They just saw. And it looks effortless because they're using their wings to soar. Other birds flap, don't they? Sometimes as people we flap, don't we, when, uh, when tragedy and, and, uh, and things don't go right and when your poster falls to, to bits, you know, we start to flap. Uh, but eagles don't flap, they soar. But of course, eagles can't spend all the time soaring. They have to come down to earth and they have to, to feed their, their eaglets and they have to hunt and they have to do other things. And uh, Isaiah says, those who hope in the Lord, not only will we soar like eagles, but they will run and not grow weary. <clears throat> Can you imagine that? You might not believe this, but I once ran a marathon. It was some years ago. A long, a long time ago. Uh, nowadays when I run, I, I do become quite weary. Um, but Isaiah says that those who, who put their hope in the Lord will run and not grow weary. And this is about enthusiasm. You know? People that, that can't wait uh, to get somewhere, they run there, don't they? And, uh, you know, God wants to enthuse us. He wants us to be people uh, that have enthusiasm, spiritual enthusiasm. And so uh, we have this, again, a picture of people that run and won't grow weary. Uh, Isaiah's already pointed out that even uh, youths uh, lose their strength and, and grow weary. But he says, when we put our hope in the Lord, we won't have that sense of weariness. We won't have that sense of lack of enthusiasm. So those who hope in the Lord... Uh, they will run and not grow weary. And then he says, those who hope in the Lord, they will walk and not be faint. They will walk and not be faint. Do you know the uh, progression of what actually uh, happens here in Isaiah uh, verse 31? Um, it's almost as if it's the wrong way around, isn't it? You'd think you'd start off by walking and then you would uh, run and then you might actually take off and fly. Um, but in Isaiah, he's got it the other way around. And it seems as, as if it should be the other way around, doesn't it? We start walking and eventually fly. But you see, walking in the strength of the Lord is seen in Isaiah 31 as the most advanced spiritual exercise. We might have thought soaring was the thing to go for. Do you know what I mean? That's, the, that's where the heights we want to reach, we want to soar. But Isaiah seems to, to finish up with, with those who walk will not be faint. You see, there will be moments in our spiritual life when we soar like eagles. There will be moments when we're, we're carried away by enthusiasm and we can't stop ourselves and we're running here and there and everywhere. 
But most of life consists of walking. And the highest spiritual plane, according to Isaiah 31, is those who walk in the Lord, because that's what we do every day. I've got a, a new phone. Well, actually, it's, it's not a new phone. I, I never get a new phone in our house. I always get casts off, and this one's a pink one, which is even worse. But, <laughs> but my phone's broken, and, and this was one of my daughter's phones. But one of the little things it's got on it is it's got a thing called fitness. And uh, I don't know how it works. Somebody will explain. But it actually tells me how far I've walked each day. How amazing is that? I, I don't do anything. Uh, it just tells me. And I can tell you that today... I have walked 491 steps. More amazing than that, it gives you the results, it it keeps a record. So I can tell you that yesterday I walked 1.1 miles. A bit more impressive, isn't it? And the day before Friday I walked 1.8 miles. Uh, Thursday 1.7, Wednesday 1.9, I I could go, Tuesday 2.5 miles. I don't know what I was doing on Tuesday, but I I walked a couple of miles. It's amazing, isn't it? (laughs) Technology. Uh, But it, it just... An example of this is what we do every day, isn't it? We walk. And the challenge is to walk in the ways of God. Walking doesn't seem very exciting, does it? Like I said, uh, you'd have thought that, you know, if I said which one would you go for, the soaring, the running, or the walking, you'd probably, or some of you would have said, I want to I be a soarer. I want to be up there. Um, but the reality is life happens down here. And sometimes it's great to be up there. I'm going away for a few days to mainstream. And in, in many ways, you know, I'll be uh, being renewed and strengthened and refreshed and, and maybe soaring uh, with the Lord. It might be great. But the reality is that, uh, that life happens down here, doesn't it, on the ground. And Isaiah says, they will walk and not be faint. And walking speaks of the normal round of life. It's about endurance. And, frankly, it's harder to live for God in the normal routine of life than in any other area. It's easy, isn't it, you know, when we're all together and we can worship God and have a great time. And uh, believing in God's not very hard, is it, when you're in a big group like this? Uh, But it's in that daily routine uh, that many folk get into difficulty. And the challenge is that we are to endure in our faith. Uh, Warren Wiseby summarizes Isaiah 40, 31 by saying this, You may be weak like grass or sheep or dust or grasshoppers or even worms, but if you trust in the power of God, you can be like an eagle, a runner and a patient pilgrim. In the emergencies of life, God helps you soar. In the daily routine of life, he helps you patiently walk. Both are the working of his mighty power. And so, at the beginning of this new year, we want to be those people who put their hope in the Lord. Because when we do, we will renew our strength. We may even soar on wings like eagles. We will run and not grow weary, and walk and not be faint. Take this verse with you, not just today, not just next week, but throughout the year, as a constant reminder of where we're going to place our hope.